The review of Maricopa County's 2.1 million ballots from the 2020 election has been happening now for 16 weeks. The recounting and scanning of ballots has come to an end. The pallets of ballots have left the Coliseum and they're now back at Maricopa County's Elections Department. And finally, after months of asking, it's become clear who was paying for this unprecedented exercise. Pro-Trump conservative groups aligned with the Stop the Steal effort that preceded the January 6th march on the U.S. Capitol that led to a deadly riot. We're here, patriots. We're in Washington, D.C., Capitol building dead in front of us. So what now? What happens between the ballots returning to the Senate and being able to say that the review of the 2020 election is finished? A final report of what the Cyber Ninjas found during their review is expected to come in the next few weeks. Senate President Karen Fan has said that review has never been about overturning the results of the election. Instead, she has said it's about examining election procedures and to help ensure that the election was conducted fairly and with integrity. She and other lawmakers have indicated they intend to use the results of the review to help pass election-related laws. Welcome to The Gaggle, a politics podcast by the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. I'm your co-host, Yvonne Winget Sanchez, with Ron Hansen. To help us dissect and better understand the current state of the election review, we're joined by two Arizona Republic reporters, Jen Fifield and Mary Jo Pitzel. Both Jen and Mary Jo have been covering the ballot review for the Republic for months now. We'll again make clear that this exercise does not meet the standards of a professional audit, according to many election law experts. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. Okay, ladies. So we know that the report from Cyber Ninjas is coming in the next few weeks now. What more information do they need in order to release it? Well, Cyber Ninjas uh, CEO Doug Logan said recently, a few weeks ago, that they were still looking for certain things in order to have a complete report from this audit. And they told this to Senate President Karen Fan and Senator Warren Peterson. They say we need certain passwords to the voting machines, access to the county's routers, things that they've asked for before, but they haven't been given even under subpoenas. So they issued new subpoenas now uh, for this information and are saying that until they get this, we're not able to issue a final report. But it sounds as though they are not going to be receiving this information as of this recording, right? The county supervisors and Dominion Voting Systems have repeatedly refused to produce any new information after those subpoenas were filed. So what happens next? You're right. So the supervisors have said all along, we're not participating in this audit. We're not giving you um, anything beyond what the subpoenas require. And specifically, we're not giving you the county's routers because it presents a security risk for county information and networks. Um, They say that they don't have these passwords that they're looking for. And so they say, we've given you everything that you need to do this audit and get it done. The Jack Sellers, the supervisor's board chairman, Uh, recently compared it to an adventure in Never Never Land because it just keeps going on and keep asking for more information, keep saying, we don't have it, Uh, get on with it, give us your final report. Okay, there's also one other person who factors into this, and that's Attorney General Mark Burnovich. Uh, The power seems to be in his hands as well. The Senate asked him to investigate the fact that they were denied uh, what they had requested. 
when does he have to respond and how did it get to the attorney general in the first place? Yeah, this is an interesting um, new front in the battle over um, access to the election materials. Last week, State Senator Sonny Borelli, who's the number three uh, Republican in the Senate and from Lake Havasu City, filed what's called a 1487 request with the attorney general's office that invokes a state law that says lawmakers can ask the attorney general to look into um, any complaint where a city town or county might have violated a state law uh, that triggers a 30-day period for brinovich to take a look at this the state law in question is compliance with legislative subpoenas um, that 30-day limit is up on September 2nd. So we should get some kind of answer in the very near future, um, I suspect, uh, long before there's a final report. All right. So Mary Jo, what's the difference between asking for an investigation from the attorney general versus just going to court, suing and trying to get this information you know, through the justice system? The main difference is that uh, the approach of going straight to the attorney general is much swifter because of that September 2nd deadline. That doesn't preclude a lawsuit. Um, we haven't heard what the next step will be from the Senate um, in terms of the denying of compliance with the subpoenas. But certainly turning to the attorney general moves this along pretty quickly. Okay, so let's cut to the chase on this. Uh, what will they do with the information they get from this report? Initially, the inf whatever comes out of Brnovich's report will go to the Senate. Uh, if indeed the um, attorney general finds that a state law has been broken or violated, uh, the County Board of Supervisors gets 30 days to resolve the situation or they stand to lose um, the state shared sales tax that they that they enjoy. Last year, that's that's a big amount of money. It was $715 million that the county received in state shared sales tax. That puts a real sword hanging over their head. If indeed Brinovich finds a violation of state law that could compel the county supervisors to do what the Senate hasn't been able to get the supervisors to do, which is turn over um, routers and machine passwords. Um, and I suspect that will create a whole nother train wreck. Train wrecks abound. What do we expect to see out of this report when it is released? Jen? There's a few key clues as to what we're going to see the Cyber Ninjas and other contractors produce. And this is from their previous work in other states where they've gotten access to voting machines, where they've simply raised suspicions over suspicious logins, um, suspicious numbers, um, what could this mean? What 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 are these logins? What are these numbers? And um, they haven't really produced any factual evidence before of voter fraud. And so what we're looking for here is, especially because the county isn't particularly cooperating with their questions, perhaps all they can do is raise those same questions here, continue to stir doubt in our election system in the U.S., and try to take this model elsewhere across the country. Uh, there's talks in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania right now of doing this kind of subpoena to get information, to do the same thing, continuing to re raise doubts about our election system elsewhere. 
I don't know that we'll get clear answers of what exactly happened in the election, other than what the county has already said, that it was a free and fair election. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, Senate President Karen Fan seemed to have an opening where she could have sort of put this thing to bed, cleaned her hands of it, moved on, and maybe come to the same results as the the the, the result will be, right? There's we don't really have any sort of definitive answers, but we suspect X, Y, and Z. Instead, she doubled down with this second subpoena to the county supervisors. Why do you think she did that? Well, for months now, uh, they've been looking for this information they request in the subpoenas. So they've been asking for the routers, they've been asking for the passwords, and they've been threatening to file this second subpoena, right? Then Trump comes to town, he gets on stage, and he makes a very big deal about routers, repeating the word routers, I think it was 10 or 11 times, over and over, we need the county's routers. And this is what this has been about from the beginning. While the Senate president has said it's about restoring the integrity of our elections, there's also been tremendous political pressure to do this audit fully, to do a full audit, to make it a forensic audit, And if you have uh, Senator Peterson sitting there at a hearing a few weeks ago saying, if we don't get this information, it's not going to be a final report, then that leaves her, that puts her in a tough spot of saying, we want a complete report. We want this to impress the correct people. And so we need this information. Okay. Well, ladies, we will leave it there. Thank you for your time and for going through all this information about the audit and where it stands. Where can people find you online? I'm at Mary J. Pitzel on Twitter. And I'm at Jen A. Fifield. All right, listeners, let's dive into some afterthoughts. So it sounds as though it's going to become a little bit more complicated before we get the final results of whatever report is going to be released um, after this review, Ron. What are the implications of all of this? We are so far the only state in the nation to have undergone such an unprecedented review of so many ballots in such a big county. What is everyone to to make of all of this? Where do we go from here? You know, that's the million-dollar question or multi-million-dollar question, I guess. I think the... uh, the important thing is that uh, they need to see this through to have at least some sort of bookend to this whole process. That has been unclear all along. When we get there, what they expected to find and such, uh, this whole thing has been sort of done by the seat of the pants. And it's unclear whether there's any ability to rescue something credible from this exercise that has been really sort of tainted by partisanship from the jump. And I think that's going to be one early um, uh, thing to look for in whatever is released is, does it have any connection to something that election officials across the country can get behind and say, they've at least spotlighted something legitimate? Um, There's that question. But there's also the question of what will Arizona's legislature do in response to anything that's found? It it just seems inevitable that after all this, they have to find something that is actionable, something that the legislators are going to jump on 
And from the legislature's perspective, it seems as though they have been looking for something they can do to show that they have taken action on this. And Yvonne, there's a little bit of concern among Republicans that this whole exercise may just, uh, you know, convince some of their voters that why bother if the if the process is rigged, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of concern that um, lawmakers, politicians, elected officials are going to have a real difficult time convincing people to vote in future elections, particularly those low efficacy voters, people who may have voted for the first time, people who vote sporadically, people who are looking at this whole thing and thinking, well, what the hell am I even showing up for? My vote, my voice doesn't really matter. The whole thing is rigged. You know, um, politicians are sort of all sleazy and slimy and you can't trust the government. And I think election experts, county recorders, as we're hearing from reporting that we're currently doing, I mean, they're going to be grappling with the long-term consequences of voter education, combating disinformation in a way that I don't think they've ever had to really deal with before. So it will be interesting to see what future elections um, are going to look like and and whether or not they do see levels of drop-off that perhaps they are fearing um, are going to come. But for today, Gaggle listeners, that is it. Thanks again to Jen Fifield and Mary Jo Pitzel for joining us. While we still have you, please do not forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend or two. And if you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Yvonne Winget. And I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's episode was edited and produced by Amanda Liberto. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. Also be sure to check out Valley 101, an Arizona Republic and azcentral.com podcast that answers all of your questions about the Valley. From silly to serious, you ask the questions and we find the answers. For The Gaggle, I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez. We'll see you next week.